there was a solid eight or nine years there of trying to find myself. We won best studio three years in a row in the world. If you don't innovate, you're going to recess and you're going to die. Like people shouldn't be scared of competition because if you back your product, um, you're going to fly. Welcome to the 1% series. I'll be chatting with a bunch of successful individuals within their own industries to gain some insight into what makes them tick, what makes them the 1%, and I guess what they implement every day to ensure they're living a lifestyle that makes them 1% better every day. All right, we're live. Welcome to the 1%. Rams, Michael Ramsey. Um, now, obviously, a lot of people probably know who you are, but I'll obviously start with, I've got a title here as business owner and fitness entrepreneur. Is that pretty, I guess, along the lines of where you like to sit? Yeah, mate, I think I think that's pretty accurate. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. I might use that myself. <laughs> I'm sure it's changed a bit over the years. Yeah, it has. It has. It's changed heaps, actually. But um, I don't know. Call, call it whatever you want. It's... Um, yeah, I think I think it's just about working hard, mate, and you can't really put a label on it, can you? No, that's true. That's true. I'm, um, no, thanks for jumping on for a chat. I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I'm always picking your brain whenever I see you. Um, you try to get a session in, so it's good to sort of um, sit down and do it properly. Um, yeah, as part of the one percent, I'm just looking at really sort of gaining some insight into people like yourself that are doing it really well in your industry and forever sort of sticking your neck out and having a crack so um what i'll start with first and like i said i've got a little bit to get through but in terms of like i guess fitness in 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 sort of general talk to them like about your sort of health story where did it where did it start i mean for me it was sort of like playing footy and whatnot where did it all begin for you yeah mate it's um it's a pretty interesting one i um i was always all right at footy but i was i was born with uh flat feet and pigeon toed, so I was never. <laughs> a um, yeah. You and I both, and mate. Struggle <laughs> of mine. So sport, like I was always okay at sport, but when I when I sort of got to the age of fifteen, I, I got a gym membership and started lifting weights, and that, that was probably one of the first things I, I progressed at and really enjoyed. Um, and I was I was quite good at it as well at sort of a young age. So, mate, it, it really sort of snowballed from there. You got the bug. I got, Got yeah, the arm got, bug. Got, <laughs> got the arm bug. I, I think I had the same size triceps at 18 that I, I do now. Um, <laughs> it, um, mate, it, it was, I, I got really, you know, I got really inspired by it and, and got my cert three and four, you know, before I was 18. So I think I was 17 when I did both, both my PT tickets. I started working as a gym instructor at the age of like 17 um, at Windy Hill Fitness Centre back in Essendon where I grew up. Um, and mate, I was right into the industry very early, but um, it was a very sort of, it was that generic sort of gym instructor role. You know, there was back back then, I mean, that this is sort of, you know, 15 plus years ago, um, they were doing like Les Mills body pump, you know. <laughs> It, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was before sort of the world of, of you know, sort of group fitness that, that sort of we're living in now. But um, no, it was, it was a really nice base um, to fitness, I think. Yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Um, and I mean, like for most people that are in the industry now, it's always like pretty common that it starts quite early. I know I never, I didn't really start as a, 
as a trainer that that early, but I always had, I knew I had to be in the industry in some way or another, just because I did find that passion so early as well. So you, obviously you touched on, you did a bit of personal training early days as well. Um, I had a little bit of look on your, on your LinkedIn profile and obviously you were sort of Vic Uni and um, RMIT where you did a bit of like commerce and marketing. That's where sort of um, you did most of your, um, I guess the brains behind the business. <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit how obviously not, not only you transitioned out of uni into the work environment, but what, what made you sort of switch over sort of into the fitness scene? Like, was it a big leap? Was it one that you always had in the back of your mind? Cause I know that there's a few people out there that probably struggle to make that transition. I know I did. I really struggled at uni, like, you know, where that sort of related to the real world. So yeah, if you could just touch on that a little bit. Yeah, cool, mate. So I, I struggled for years, like probably once I finished my, my marketing degree and I was always working as a PT while I was doing my degree, which is a you know really nice source of income, you know, as a student. Um, but mate, I, I struggled. Like I, I started a business with my old man when I was 19 called Shore Systems. It was, a, it was in the, the boating industry um, and it did really, really well quite quickly. And then I got poached by a company on Hamilton Island. I saw um, that. <laughs> Gee, that would have been I, tough. <laughs> yeah, mate. You know what? Like the lifestyle was amazing, but I, I went over there and I did like two weeks of work. It was for a yacht charter company and I fucking hated it. Like I hated every second of it and I quit and I ended up being a housekeeper on Hamilton Island for like six months, just making beds. <laughs> and I love I'm so, everything. I'm sure you saw some, uh, saw some interesting stuff there. It was it was amazing, and it was minimum wage and 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 all that sort of thing. And sort of, I think I just had to get that out of my system. Um, and then I came back to Melbourne, started a, a, a masters of marketing. Oh, sorry, masters of commerce, and um, got a job in the oil and gas industry. Um, and again, like, I just struggled. Like, I couldn't. I was always so sort you're of at, you're at a, you're at a desk all day, sort of thing. Like, yeah, and not not passionate about that space at all um like literally struggling to get up in the morning like i think i was rocking up to work every day at like 10 a.m you know and i'd try and get away with the, the <laughs> time i could spend at work like no shit and it was just it was just it was a really frustrating time and it, it wasn't until like i always had a passion for marketing and, and I, I loved learning about marketing and i'm constantly trying to um learn i think it's something that that is always progressing but it wasn't until I could combine fitness and marketing that I sort of found my niche. Um, and I was lucky enough that, you know, when F45 came along and I, I got in early, um, I was able to do that. So yeah, mate, it's, it's never easy. Like there was, as there was a solid eight or nine years there of trying to find myself and find what I was passionate about. And um, yeah, it took, took a while. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, you got you obviously like it's a bit different now. I'm sure that you're working late into the night with obviously running your own business now, but you're actually motivated to do it as opposed to sort of picking yourself up by your heels, dragging yourself into work. Like, and I think once you make that distinction, you actually got that drive to to I guess you know it's not so much about the time that you put in as what you get out of it. Then you sort of know that you're you're in the right place a little bit. Yeah, it definitely. Um... It, when you know that every every minute or every hour that you spend is going, you know, is is going to benefit you, and and what you're trying to build, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like a nine to five. It's just sort of just 
just becomes a hybrid of your lifestyle. Like people talk a lot of, uh, about that sort of work-life balance. And I honestly don't think it exists. Like when, when you're running a business or multiple <laughs> businesses or whatever, I think it's just a hybrid of your life. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And I think, uh, I think you're right there in terms of like, how do you switch off completely? Like, I mean, I know there's certain, there's some, like obviously you have to at some point, but there's some degree that you've got to be on a little bit because the buck stops with you in an in, in sort of one way or another like i mean and we'll obviously touch on that a little bit more in a second but um all right so give obviously transition into the fitness scene like you said you sort of you sort of get into f45 at the right time and i remember when f45 was just coming out and i was i was just sort of making my way into the fitness scene at the time and didn't really know i guess much about it but i think the biggest thing and i mean correct me if i'm wrong is they just hit the market when it needed it the most like and they were the only one that was doing it properly is, is that fair to say yeah I, I think they nailed a few things um you know one one being bridging the gap between um a pt and a gym membership so it, the, the perfect example is um you know a pt you might pay 70 dollars an hour a gym membership you might pay 70 dollars a month f45 or 70 dollars a week um with PT or group fitness support, you know, um, I think they bridged that gap and, and that, that gap sort of was a very long time coming. Um, they did the membership model really, really well. Um, I think the market was ready for it as well. People were ready to pay a little bit more for their fitness. Um, so you look at, I look at F45 now as sort of like fitness first was, you know, like mm -hmm. five years ago, I, I see, I see sort of, F45 is now that sort of staple and you've got other competitors, obviously, you know, you've got your body fits, your fit stops, your, your other sort of group fitness, um, I guess, um, opportunity or options coming into the market. But um, yeah, I, I think that, that they did that really, really well. And the other thing that they nailed was, was the brand um, and, and, and I guess the social media marketing. I mean, you know, how many times have you seen a photo of someone in front of that stupid F45? <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was, I was, I mean, rarely was it actually the, the program or the, the delivery of the service. It was just the end product. Like, and yeah. you know, that was, you know, I guess a catalyst for, for, Hey, come join me next time. Sort of thing. I want to get a photo in front of the wall. It's not even about the workout. Like, you know, um, and I remember like seven years ago, influencers were really starting to take off. So it's, it's you, you, it's really hard to build a following on on Instagram now because there's so many different accounts, right? Instagram is completely saturated, right? It, it's it's extremely hard. Years ago, you would get huge exposure, so they really nailed the social media marketing like no one had done in the fitness industry. Um, you know, with the exception of the likes of say Kayla with Sweat and a few of sort of the, the bigger apps, um, I think F45 nailed that. So. There are a few things that went in their favour, um, right place, right time, right strategy. But at the end of the day, like two and a half thousand plus studios globally, you can't you can't knock what they what they've achieved. Like it's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without, um, I just want to talk a little bit more about um, F forty five before we move on. I don't want to spend too too much time on it, but obviously for the people out there, like you, you jump in. Um, you start with one in Port Melbourne was your first, is that right? Yeah. And then, yeah, Port and, Melbourne. Then, and then you develop it into what is it? Five or six 
um, at the yeah, time? We got six. We actually negotiated the first two um, for free. So we thought, okay, <laughs> we, didn't have, we didn't have any cash, right? Um, and and this, is, this is all a true story. So we're like, all right, what can we do to help the brand? And this is, I think our first one, Port Melbourne, was number 10 in the world, um, the 10th studio. So yeah, we, grabbed, we, we grabbed Jimmy Bartell and Dyson Heppel and we, said, we went to F45 head office and we said, we've got two AFL guns here. Um, you've got no brand equity in Melbourne. You know, your Melbourne, you, you, F45 is really nothing in Melbourne at the moment. We'll build it for you, but we need two free studios. Um, <laughs> so, so we got Port Melbourne, South Yarra. Um, after, you know, three, four months of, of a lot of hard work and a lot of early mornings, um, they started to really take off. We, we use a very similar strategy um, sort of with the influencers, with the athletes, getting a lot of sort of PR. I think Port Melbourne got more PR as a, as, as a studio than F45 did as a brand in its first year. Um, and, and then we constantly just reinvested. So we opened a third studio, a fourth studio, a fifth studio, a sixth studio. Um, and at the same time, we're reinvesting in other sort of little fitness concepts, you know, journey retreats and, and we had a yoga studio and, and all sorts of things and a magnesium oil business. And um, we're just looking at different ways that we could, um, I guess, um, just expand what we're doing, expand our skill set. But yeah, mate, we got to six and then, um, and then we decided to sell the lot um, and, hmm. and move on to becoming a, a franchisor. Um, yeah. One um one last thing before we move on from F45. How how was it like just from a management perspective from going from one where obviously I don't know maybe to a certain degree you're sort of micromanaging everything just a little bit more and then you go to six. Did you have to change the way you sort of I guess did business business on a daily basis or um, did they sort of run themselves or how did that work? Yeah, it was like recruitment's massive. I think we we had about seventy trainers. Um, all up at one stage and what we found was and, and this is really humbling like all of our superstars so our studio managers our assistant studio managers that were with us in that time ha are now basically owning their own studios or running their own studios and now they've sort of progressed in their career so we recruited really well um, we had some really really good people working for us um, and yeah, it was just about getting structures right. And that's, that's sort of more where, you know, the commerce and your marketing and your business degrees come in handy because you kind of learn a little bit more about structure with those things. Um, and we're able just to build a really nice cohesion. <laughs> How many times, like, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but if people sort of in passing or in conversation go, oh yeah, you, you run a gym, like that'd be pretty easy, wouldn't it? Like you just flick the lights on, it runs, runs itself. Like I hear that a fair bit, but obviously there's, there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. Like it, I'm sure it sort of rolls you up a little bit if you ever hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's frustrating. There's so much, particularly like, I think our Port Melbourne studio, we, we won best studio three years in a row in the world. And we had like, we were running classes of 70, 72 people with five trainers, the marketing, like we we're giving away cars, like the lead generation tools we we're using were huge. Like it was, and all the sales systems and everything, it's, it's, it's massive. And then there's things to do with compliance because you were the franchise and there's so many things that people don't see um, that happens. Even just like the number one reason females leave gyms in Australia is cleanliness, right? Even just <laughs> it's clean and it's staying on top of cleaners and, and things like that. It's, 
like people have no idea what goes into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more thing before we move on from F45. What obviously you've learned a lot from um, the years that you spent there. Um, I guess, firstly, what, what has been your biggest takeaways, perhaps maybe even your biggest losses? Um, and also, what have you learned as being, I guess, the most important factors of a successful studio, of a successful sort of gym? Yeah, so I, I can probably answer this all with with, um, with with one sort of word, and that's that's community. Like the, the biggest the biggest factor I've learned, and the biggest takeaway I've learned is um, you can you can have any kind of gym, um, but if you have a good community, you can have a successful gym. Um, I mean, the, the question really is how do you build community um, to 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 have a successful gym? But yeah, I, I think it's the number one factor in everything. Um, you know, there's as I said before, there's so many different um, there's so many different gym concepts coming into the market. Um, you can have an F45 here in Port Melbourne, and then another one um, say down the road in South Melbourne. But the Port Melbourne one's doing better. Why? Why is that? You know, why are those factors? Um, it's and it's it's all based on community. Um, no, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like the short time that I've spent in the industry. I'd have to agree. Um, I always like in terms of there being like just people feeling like they belong like i mean i know those big box gyms if we even look at like say fitness first back in the day with the thousands of members how are you supposed to connect with anyone when you see a different face every time you go to the gym whereas if you're coming into a studio and it's the same time each week and it's the same people you're creating those connections and then it does sort of feel like a home away from home in a sense so um i think like you said it's it's definitely easier said than done though like i mean in terms of um building that community and i think it probably i mean i heard you say in the past like in terms of being really hands-on that could be i guess a way that sort of i guess assists there in terms of being in the flesh of the business like i mean i even we're about to move on to strong like went down to mornington the other day down um and you know hastings is running the session he's getting around everyone like that's obviously a really important part in terms of generating that community <clears throat> all right yeah. um we'll uh We'll move on from F45 and get to the fun stuff. But before we do, I just want to um, just embarrass you here a little bit. So obviously <laughs> you've come you've come a long way uh, in your business career, but I just want to have a look at your progression. <laughs> <laughs> so he's stage one. He's stage one, and then obviously the hair the hair pricks up after this. But you start looking. Obviously you got well into your fitness now bit of tan there as well and then jesus look at that peak of his powers there <laughs> um how much what does what your training schedule look like at the moment oh uh, um mate it's it's really quite varied um a lot of a lot of pilates now um in the, in Obviously, that last yeah. photo yeah. yeah in that last photo that you've brought up i was i was probably at my fittest, I was doing a lot of high intensity, high impact, um, and I ended up breaking my ankle. And I, I probably wasn't focusing on 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 the things that I should have been, like you know your mobility, um, recovery, and even and this is what I found doing Pilates. Now it's um, it's all those little sort of intricacies that we we neglect, you know, your glute activation, your core activation, and so yeah, mate. Now I'm, I'm now I'm a lot more. 
holistic in, in my training methodology. Um, I'll, I'll do Pilates, I'll, I'll, lift, I'll lift weights probably twice a week. Um, and then I'll, I jump into a HIIT class when I can, um, just as a, an extra calorie burn. So it doesn't really matter. I've been training at BodyFit lately. Sometimes I'll get into my old F45s. Sometimes I'll try something new down the road. But yeah, just just sort of doing a little bit of everything. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. You know, I get yeah. down to rev every now and then um, to help me uh, with my with my bench press. I, I don't normally come <laughs> in. On yeah, Friday's the day. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's good, mate. I think uh, it's definitely the tides are turning a little bit and um, it's definitely a bit more about a holistic approach and looking after your body more so than ever. Um, all right, well, I want to talk about strong now and that's obviously where I'm, um, I guess we'll get, we'll get to the crux and get nice and deep. But um, talk to me firstly about where, I guess, well, actually, you might as well tell a little bit about Strong first for those, for those people out there that perhaps don't know much about it yet. Yeah, so Strong, um, it's derived from a concept in the States. Um, it's, a, it's a reformer bed, but quite a large um, sort of heavy spring-loaded reformer with a concept two rower attached to it. So it's, it's basically one big solution. Um, you know, before we started Strong, we... We did a lot of uh, research in the industry. Uh, we asked a lot of questions. And sort of the number one thing we got back from anyone who was doing consistent reformer workouts was, I feel like I have to go for a run after my workout, or I feel like I have to do a hit class after my workout. Um, and that's where we kind of saw the opportunity. Um, and is so, this, um, is, sorry to cut you off, is this something that you had in the back of your mind like for quite some time like how, how did the story begin or was it something that you, you saw in the states and you're like oh this is the next this is the next thing we need to get involved here <clears throat> yeah a few things came into play I'd, I'd broken my ankle and i was doing a lot of pilates at the time and i'd i'd really fallen in love with it um it was it was doing things for my body that i'd never really um, I never really felt this good. Um, and then my, my housemate at the time, his, his girlfriend actually showed it to me on Instagram. And I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And, and this, like, I always feel like I need to do more, you know, after my reform. <laughs> this, is, this is unbelievable. Um, so basically, we just jumped on a plane to LA straight away, did the workout. It was one of the most euphoric experiences I'd had in terms of, um, I guess, just post-workout, um, that sort of adrenaline rush, um, the endorphins, going from a rower to, to, to holding a plank under heavy resistance and going back to a rower and then doing a heavy leg set and going back and forth like that and, you know, using slow twitch, fast twitch. Um, it just, I'd never felt anything like that. Um, and I was like, fuck, I need to bring this to Melbourne. Like, mm -hmm. I need to bring it to Australia. So... We secured the rights for the Southern Hemisphere, basically. We've got Australia, New Zealand, Asia, and Canada um, for the row former. Um, and then, you know, we, we thought, okay, we've got this amazing piece of machinery, it's painted, but how, how do we turn this into a profitable business model? So we started analyzing, uh, me and my business partner, Mark, we started analyzing basically everything that's out there and, and, and the things that weren't being done correctly or things that could have been done better. So um, we built this concept strong, which is based around, you know, the, the two modalities reformer uh, with rowing, 
but also really focusing on in on the customer experience. So whether that be the in-studio experience with, you know, when you're doing resistance as R&B playing, um, and then when you're rowing, the lights go down and, and Deep House comes on, or as simple as putting um, phone chargers in the lockers, or creating a sense of the studio so people get that, that memory of, of strong every time they walk in. Um, you know, I spoke about cleanliness before. Mm. We, we saffron in our scent which kind of smells like chlorine so this <laughs> all the time like all these sort of little things that um that we feel probably weren't getting nailed at other sort of gym concepts um we've looked at and we've created strong yeah well i mean well in such a saturated um market and obviously you're quite different at the moment you're quite new there's not much out there that is like you but in order just to go that extra one percent makes a massive difference for the client and Obviously, like you touched on, like the client is so much at the center of every service business, especially nowadays. Um, how How is it like making the leap from working under the banner of F45 where you were obviously franchisee to franchisor where you're obviously, I mean, I'm sure there's there's been a truckload of work that's gone into the, the franchise model and hours and hours and but to actually put that into into process and have the systems that that work and the way that you communicate with your staff, like how has that change been for you? Like I'm guessing it's probably a lot more work. <laughs> it's a lot more work, but it's so much more positive. Like it was, I was feeling very pigeonholed at F45. Like I, I couldn't, I was just feeling a little bit like if, if I didn't like a workout or I didn't like an exercise or I didn't like the way something, let's say I wanted to incorporate something into the, the post-workout or whatever it is, um, I, I really didn't have a voice. Um, so to be able to, um, to, to do my own thing and, and have control and know that I'm basically, you know, steering the ship and, and I'm controlling my own destiny, it's, it's so much more satisfying. Like, fucking oath, the work's tripled or quadrupled, but... Um, it's it's way more. Do you think that's do you think that's what keeps you um, like motivated, knowing that you've got full control and that you can sort of take it wherever you feel is is the next is the next step, depending on what happens to the market, depending on where you know what your interests are. Absolutely, absolutely. You you need to be adaptable. Like the fitness industry changes <coughs> so much, and there's so many players who have already come in and 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 left, um, and there's going to be more. <laughs> As we go, I know you, you could probably straight away think of a few concepts that are failing right now or have come into the Australian market, haven't got it right. I mean, a, a really great example, you look at like, why didn't Starbucks work in Australia? It, it was just far too American. And, mm. and, and we Australians, we love, we love the community aspect. We love the, the small business owner. Like, we love the culture. Um, it's, there's a lot of factors. Um, so you need to be adaptable. Um, but... Yeah, mate, it's, um, it, it's, it's going to be fantastic. But I, I think like the biggest thing that's driving me right now is, you know, we've, we've sold, we've sold almost 30 franchises um, and there's literally after the year we've had as well. <laughs> yeah. After the year we've had and like, we're just like so happy that, that we've been able to achieve this, but there's literally people who are, you know, mortgaging their house and and moving cities to open strong this is like there's quite a few studios that people have literally relocated to to open this is their whole life and that's probably the biggest thing that's motivating me right now is like i need to get this right and every decision i make 
is not just my livelihood. It's literally a network now of, of 30 studios. Um, mm. And it will eventually be hopefully 50 or and 100 and 200. Um, and it's everyone's livelihood. So every decision we make is measured and calculated um, and has the best intentions, you know, for the consumer and the profitability of the franchise as well. Mm. No, and for anybody out there that, um, especially any any guys out there in particular, because I know that some probably struggle to find it onto a reformer or, or perhaps never done it. I've, <laughs> pardon the pun, but I thought I was strong. And like, obviously it's a different different type of strength, but my, my obliques and like my deep core muscles for, you know, the next three days afterwards were <laughs> pretty, pretty sore. So... It's definitely, yeah. it's definitely a type of, I mean, it's always good to change it up and try different modalities, but there's definitely a massive market for, um, I guess, who you're appealing to in terms of that, that low impact, um, sort of high intensity sort of um, concept. So no, I think, I think it's only onwards and upwards for you at the moment. Talk to me a little bit um, about how, obviously the industry changes so fast. Like is, is there certain, I guess, systems that you've got in place or is it more a mindset to be able to change and to be able to evolve? Like what's the vision for the brand, I guess, for you moving forward? Yeah. Pilates is a massive growth market right now and it's, it's only going to get bigger. Like we're very lucky that, you know, that we're in this space, I think, um, because there's other spaces of the industry that are very, very saturated and now, becoming oversaturated. Um, I think Pilates is, is sort of the next big thing. So we're really, really lucky that we can be adaptable there. Um, you know, it, it's, I think it's just about keeping an eye on things, diversifying, like you never, you look at, you look at a, a business life cycle. If, if you don't, if you don't innovate, you're going to recess and you, you're going to die. Like it's, that's, that's, that's like business 101, right? Um, so it is all about um, technology advancements, um, whether it be um, changing up the workouts, accessories, even, you know, we're looking at um, confidentially, but I'll just say it, we're looking at things like bikes and not just rowers and, and ski ergs and, and adding, um, you know, different pieces of cardio equipment. Like and, and <laughs> so but we always want to maintain low impact High intensity so we'll never throw a tready in there we'll never do we'll never do plyometrics um we don't need to because we've got these yeah. really not elements of, of of conditioning equipment um so yeah mate it's i, I we're just going to keep an eye on it but we've invested very heavily in our um academy and our our sort of um our movement team so now we've got a, a couple of sort of head uh pilates people We've got strength and conditioning people now helping with programming and we're looking at things like progressive overload and, and treating it not as just a reformer, but as a, just a, just a piece of resistance equipment um, that we can, you know, we mm. can make people grow. And, um, yeah, no, I yeah, saw um, in your, in one of your latest campaigns, um, which is great in terms of, I think it was like you're doing a, a series of tests at the say for example week one what was the campaign called again was it yeah it's tough. it's called tough, tough yeah, yeah. We, yeah we launch on monday it's it's a 30-day challenge but i fucking hate that word challenge because everyone's doing it <laughs> but it's in fun. terms of like the science behind it though like i mean people will be experiencing exactly that a bit of progressive overload they'll be able to sort of 
you know, watch how they progress essentially over, over that, over those 30 days and be able to sort of chase for something, which is so important. Um, you, you spoke about, um, the, the, I guess the way that you're investing in your team at the moment, obviously that's so big in a service-based industry because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you, the employee is one of your best assets in, in, I guess, every studio that you, that you open. Um, how, talk to me a little bit. I just want to step inside, I guess, your, your shoes for just a little bit. Talk to me how about like your, I guess, communicating with employees, how you're, I guess, looking after them, how you onboard franchise franchisees. Like, is there a bit of a process there that happens? Um, with, with staff, we found there's a lot of talented people out there that probably haven't been given the opportunity or, or I guess looked after well enough in this space um, because it is very, very competitive, right? So um, number one thing is is working collaboratively, I think. And, and we do that, like I've got a, a team that does all the programming and I, I poke my head in and, and I'll have a look at, um, I'll have a look at obviously the programming over a, say a four week, um, a four week basis, but it's, it's never about, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do this. It's more about, all right, let's talk about this and let's get the best, the best result for everyone. I think collaboration is huge and, and it would be silly for me to, to be the smartest person. Um, it, it makes no sense. Like is basically, that, is that, have you always been that, that way or is that something that you've had to, I guess, morph into and give more control to, I guess, other people? Yeah, no, I've always been well-versed in everything. Like I understand, I understand fitness programming, marketing, like I understand basic structures, accounting, um, but I'm not specialized in anything. So I try to um, basically hire smarter people and, and, and just work with them. Mm. Yeah. Well, obviously it's going to take you five times longer than it is the specialist. So it's a good, it's a good way to go. Um, one more thing as well, obviously um, there's a lot of businesses out there that might start off and they might be really good into, I mean, not just in the fitness industry, but they might have one location and then they decide to make the leap and they decide to franchise and scale the business. How, how, I guess in your eyes, how hard is it? Do you think, I mean, a lot of people just jump into it without realizing sort of what needs to happen in terms of the systems and the back end, how you make sure the, like essentially you're trying to replicate the same thing everywhere, everywhere. How are you ensuring that the quality of, I guess the service is the same, whether I go down to Mornington or you're up in Hope Island, like, um, yeah. It's, it's all about picking the right franchisees. Firstly, um, we, you know, we're not going for that investor model. We don't want, and we've seen this with experience, um, the best performing studios with whatever franchise it is, the ones with the operators who are working, and they know, they give a shit about the members. They know the staff. Like, um, so, you know, we're making sure that primarily these first sort of 20, 30 studios, we have the right people and the right partners. Um, and then I guess then it's all about the onboarding process. So, um, you know, making sure we've just, our academy's just gone from one week to three weeks. So you need to be strong to teach a class, right? But we've, we've just realized these guys need so much more love and attention and education. Um, and we just want to get this right. So it's literally a three week course. Now um, there's also like biannually going to be more sort of upgrades to the course as they progress. 
Um, and then also, yeah, the induction process with the franchisee um, is huge. Getting them on board with the brand, like little things like, you know, we don't use single use plastics in the gyms and it's just like, it's just a value that we have and we don't flaunt it or anything, but we just want to make sure that everyone has the same value as us. So it's about getting them on board, like just little things like that and, and making them believe. And then once they get it, they get it. Like, like Haystow in Mornington is the perfect example of a guy who, who, who sort of, you know, breathes the same air that we do. You know what I mean? Um, so, mate, it's, uh, oh, it would make it so much easier to, I guess, if you're on the same page, to be able to do business with each other. But um, it's great to see, I guess, the level that you're going to as you grow, like, so that you're ensuring that exactly that, it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to get exactly the same experience, which is which would be so comforting for your members as well. Like, I mean, they could be interstate, for example, and have the same strong experience wherever they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've had some funny questions like with franchise inquiries, like, hey, do you mind if I just set up a little gym next to the growth form bed? I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking do that. Um, but yeah. You get, you get so many, like we, we've had thousands of inquiries um, and like we've turned back so many of them. We're just like, you know, you've got to get the right people. Yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. Um, no, you can, I mean, from someone like, like I've obviously tried it out myself and it, you can see the amount of work that's gone into it from the moment that you step on, in the door from you know the the walkthrough that you get the, the the face towel the you know the they show you how to use the i mean for anybody out there that's a bit put off by the reformer like you get a full sort of rundown on the machine it's very like you said you got to feel like you belong it's like that community so it's it's definitely evident from the moment that you step in the amount of work and the time and the care that's gone into it so no, you do my mate um one, I guess, more final word, just to wrap it up, and I think we've already touched on it a little bit. Where, where do you see the market? Obviously, you think you touched on the fact that the Pilates space is going to be something that's really going to be booming in terms of the fitness scene as a, as a whole. Where do you see it sort of, um, I guess, heading over the next few years? Um, I, I just see it progressing in terms of quality. So I think there's going to be more really good strength and conditioning concepts. I think mobility is going to be huge. Um, I think recovery is going to be huge. Um, I think there's just going to be proper processes now. Um, you know, you know, all, all these kind of things. The Pilates space will, will continue to grow, um, and I think maybe some of the some of the concepts that aren't following proper procedure and people are maybe getting a little bit broken from, and their bodies aren't aren't maybe um doing too well from these concepts i think they'll be on the way out um you, you see wellness and it's a very generic word but this sort of holistic wellness it's 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 really where, where it's going man like it yeah. seriously is. um so yeah no, i think but, i tend to agree in terms of like i guess the way that the the industry i guess specialized like you said into, into its own like little niches and do it really well and I think, I mean, the way that I program myself, it's about, and it's definitely changed over the years, but it's about building people up rather than breaking them down. And obviously, strong hits the nail on the head there. Like, I mean, how good do you feel after a session? It's, it's easy on the body and it's a hard workout. Not easy in, in the workout in terms of it. Obviously, there's no high impact um, as such. So, 
I think any space that um, or any business that follows that, oh, like you said, you can call it holistic, you can call it wellness, but if it's if it's making people feel better and building them up, you know, um, I guess improving their quality of life as well, then it's probably you know in a good in a good place. And and it's it's too competitive to not focus on the client now, like. There's so many concepts coming in. There's, there's, there's little like market shares getting smaller and smaller. Um, it's, you need, you need to do it properly. You have to. And, and, Mm. and like, if you're the best, you're going to do so well. Like if you're the best, go next to 20 gyms, go next door to all of them because (laughs) seriously, and that's why people shouldn't be scared of competition because if you back your product, um, you're going to fly it, you know, providing it's, it's doing all the right things. So, yeah. I could not agree more. Yeah. Um, last one. Is there any advice um, you would give out to anyone out there in fitness or not? That's, I guess, thinking about taking that next step, starting their own business, even jumping on board, trying to, trying to open a franchise. Um, I guess maybe some advice that you could even give to yourself before you made the leap. Yeah. I, Honestly, I would have, um, if I could have my time again, I would have done it um, earlier and gone harder. Um, it's it's the best thing I've ever done. Um, I think it's a very old school mentality to to invest in property and stuff like that while we're young. So if you have the ability to work the fucking 12 hour days, the 15 hour days and work your ass off, the best thing you can do is to get a business that is going to directly um, help you financially and, and directly benefit from that. Like, yeah, I, I would just, I'll just go for it, man. Um, and it's, yeah, as I said before, like the best, the best studios, doesn't matter what concept it is, is the ones where people are working it. They know their members, they know their trainers, they know their community um, that, you know, you're, you're always going to make it work and you have to make it work. So um, yep, that's it, man. Awesome. Thanks, mate. I think we've covered a fair bit there. Um, I know I got plenty out of it. I'm sure there's a lot of other people um, that will as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you, see you around soon, maybe in the gym. <laughs> Buddy, I'll, I'll see you on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. All right, mate. Take care.